Let's get started over here. So, we began learning yesterday, as we began learning the uh, Perak Aleph of Shari Yichud Vermuna, and I mentioned that this is what's known as Yichud Tata. We're going to begin learning the lower level unity. The lower level unity to understand, to unite the world, to be able in your mind to unite the world with Hashem, to, to have Achtus Hashem, to have the true unity of Hashem, to be Mevatel, to nullify the world to Hashem, to be able in your mind to see how the world is God's light. So that's this is the beginning of the details of how to do that is this parak over here. And we began, we mentioned yesterday that the Alter Rebbe began with the Pasuk Vedata Yoyim HaShavayi that one has to bring to the heart that what? That God, Hashem Hu Elikim in the heavens above and in the earth below. And the Alter Rebbe said, would it across your mind that you need to be told so much that you have to bring it to your heart that there's no other God in the earth under the water under the earth? You, you, you would have such a Havamini, you would have such an idea that you have to be told that you have to bring it to your heart. And we mentioned that what goes against the empirical experience is the fact that you're being told not just that God is the Lord over there, but you're being told that there, that, that is Elokus, that everything is Elokus, that Hashem is in everything. So in order to begin explaining this, he began bringing the teaching the Baal Shem Tov. Let's read, let's read it again, because we did it quickly yesterday. So let's read it again today. It is written, right? So in order to explain the beginning of understanding God's unity, the Alter Rebbe and Tanya begins understanding God's unity with this teaching of the Baal Shem Tov. And the teaching of the Baal Shem Tov is based on this Pasuk in Tehillim. It is written, Forever, O God, your word stands firm in the heavens. Forever, O God, your word, the words that you said, God, stand firm in the heavens. And the Baal Shem Tov of blessed memory has explained that which word are we talking about that we're saying your word always stands firm in the heavens? The word which you uttered, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, Genesis chapter 1. These very words and letters stand firmly forever within the firmament of heaven and are forever clothed within all the heavens to give them life. So what the Baal Shem Tov essentially taught is that Genesis chapter 1 is current events. That's in a, in a sentence what the Baal Shem Tov essentially taught, is that when you learn Genesis chapter 1, you read Bereshis Perak Aleph, that it says that God created the earth. When did God create heaven and earth? Now. And now. And now. Hashem is always constantly creating heaven and earth. And now, seemingly that idea, now you should know, that there are many people that misunderstand what the Baal Shem Tov is doing over here. So we're going to have to learn it in, 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 and, and understand because the fact that Hashem is always renewing creation, is that the Baal Shem Tov's chiddish? Is that something that only the Baal Shem Tov taught, that God is continuously creating creation, that my Sebereshus is constant? That's not just from the Baal Shem Tov. Seemingly, we know that we say every day in davening, Hamachadesh betuvay, every day in davening, in Shachris we say, Hamachadesh betuvay, bechol yoim tomid maasebereshis, that Hashem is renewing always with His goodness every day, maasebereshis. 
So the fact that God is continuously creating the world, something from nothing, that's not what the Baal Shem Tov is saying. We have to learn better. We have to learn more in depth. Because if the Baal Shem Tov at first glance is just saying that God, you're always creating heaven. You're always creating heaven and earth. The Genesis chapter 1 is current events. You're always creating heaven and earth. We already know that from Chazal. We already know that from the Siddur, HaMachadish Betuvay, that Hashem is renewing always Maise Bereshis. We know it from the Siddur. We also know it from the Medrash on this Pasuk of Tehillim. On this Pasuk of Tehillim, the Medrash already says this idea, seemingly, that Hashem is continuously creating heaven and earth. That it wasn't a, just a one-time thing, but that continuously, every moment, Hashem is creating heaven and earth. So we know that from Chazal, that's not what the Baal Shem Tov is teaching. So I want to get it make clear. The Baal Shem Tov is not just saying that God is continuously creating heaven and earth. What the Baal Shem Tov is teaching is what heaven and earth are. That heaven and earth are His words. Heaven and earth, all created things, every single thing that exists in the world, are Hashem's words that are enclosed in heaven and earth. That's the Chiddush of the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov isn't coming just to say that God is continuously creating the world. The Baal Shem Tov is coming to explain, using this idea and more in depth, that we're going to read inside the text to see what are heaven and earth. That heaven and earth are nothing other than Hashem's light. And that's why if you look at the words that Tanya says, he says, these very words and letters stand firmly forever within the firmament of heaven. That when Hashem says, let you hear a kia, that there should be a firmament, there should be a sky, the words of God, mamish, are enclosed in the sky. It's that the words themselves actually bring this, become the sky. The words themselves are enclosed within the sky, mamish. And we're going to learn, Mitzvah Hashem, it's not just, just these words, not just the, the sky, it's all created things. So first, let's explain what does that mean, Hashem's speech. Because we're talking about the words of Hashem. The Baal, again, th- does everyone get clear what I'm saying? That we have to understand how the Baal Shem Tev is saying something deeper than just what Chazal is saying? It can't be the Baal Shem Tev is just coming to tell us what we already know from the sages. It has to be that there's a lot deeper. The Baal Shem, the Baal Shem Tev is coming to teach the unity of God. How is constant creation teaching the unity of God, without the Baal Shem Tev, you could just understand that God is continuously, you know, Federal Express sending vitality and the world is coming into being. But the Baal Shem Tev is saying that continuous creation is that Hashem is enclosed within everything that exists in the world. So to understand this, let's first define what it means, God's speech. Because the Baal Shem Tev is talking about the words and letters that Hashem uttered. So we know in Genesis chapter 1, if we say, if we look up, open up a Chumash, how does God create the world? How does God bring the world into existence? With speech, right? We know from Pirkei Avos, it says in Pirkei Avot, it says, Basara mamorais nivra ha'olam. The world was created with ten utterances. You open up Bereshis, 
chapter 1 and you count how many times. And God said, let there be light. And God said, let there be a ferment. And God said, and God said, 10 times it says, and God said. So what does it mean that God speaks? Of course, that's only a metaphor. Hashem doesn't have a mouth. Hashem doesn't speak like we speak. So everything that the Torah is saying, when it uses anthropomorphisms, when it uses borrowed terminology, it's a mushal. It's a metaphor. So what is God's speech a metaphor for? What's it coming to? What's it? What's the idea of God's speech coming to give over? And 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 again, this is what really what the author is saying over here. But let's let's talk again. Talk it out a little over here. What's the idea of speech when a person speaks? And remember we spoke about when we learned Yehuda Tata, we, we mentioned yesterday, the day before, I don't remember already, when we mentioned Yehuda Tata, we spoke about the idea that the world is God's contracted light. And that's what speech means. Let's talk about speech how it is by us. What is speech when human beings speak? What is speech? What are words that you say? Are they you or are they not you? When you say words, when you talk, when you're revealing your speech out of yourself, when you say things, the words that you're saying, the speech, the talk that you're talking, is that you or not you? What would you say? It's you. It's you. It's nothing other than you. The words that you're saying are a revelation of you. And yet, two things. Number one, how long will that aspect of you exist? The words that you're saying. Only as long as you're saying them. And number two, how much of you are, are you actually giving over in the words that you're saying? How much of you are there, is that? How much of you is in, is in the speech that you, in words that you say? So, if you think about it, it's a little teeny ray of your soul. Speech is the best metaphor for the idea that you're revealing your light. Speech is your light, the light of your soul. Your speech, when you talk, you're shining your light. You're revealing the light of your soul. When we speak about, I want to make this clear, when we speak about godly light, that's not electricity. I, you know, when, when all these people say that, you know, they, white light, white light is physical. That's not what godliness is. Godliness isn't light, light electricity. When we talk about light, light is also a metaphor. Light is a metaphor for revelation. And so the best metaphor to understand what does it mean revelation is that when you talk, when you talk, that is your light. You are shining your light. You are revealing yourself when you talk. But number one, that'll only continue as long as you keep talking, right? Ready? If somebody records you, that's not you talking anymore. That's a recording of you talking, but it's no longer your soul revealing itself. And number two, how much of your soul are you giving only? Over. Only a contracted amount of your soul. That's what speech is. So too, by Hashem, what does it mean, the divine speech? Divine speech means the godly light contracted through many, many tzimtzumim, many contractions, to become, to bring about the revelation of the world. And so what the Baal Shem Tev is saying, not only 
that that the world is being continuously brought into existence every moment that we know from Chazal, but that the words that God utters. And what are we learning? What does it mean when God utters words? What does it mean that God says things? It means that He's contracting His infinite light to become specific revelations of His light, specific revelations. Let's take a frog. Is a frog a godly revelation? Is God revealing Himself in a frog? Or a platypus? God is revealing Himself. But how much of God is revealed in a platypus or a frog? How much of what God is? Well, how much of what you are, are you revealing when you say one word? A very minute amount of revelation. And so we're learning that every particular being in the world, the Baal Shem Tov taught, is the divine speech. Meaning not just that God is bringing to existence all the time. He, he you know, without this, you just learn, Hashem said, let there be a sky and... Poof, the sky came into being. And without the Baal Shem Tov, what is continuous creation? Hashem is continuously saying, abracadabra, poof, and everything comes into being. By the way, you know that the word abracadabra comes from the Aramaic, right? Abracadabra, which the magicians always use, if you think of that, avracadabra, I will create by speaking. That's literally what abracadabra means. I will create by speaking. Avracadabra. I don't know how and when that came into be into become the magician's uh, thing to say, but that's what the word means. Avra kedabra. I will create by speaking. Hashem creates by speaking, but without chesidus, it's like you just learn that it's just borrowed terminology. You know, it's without chesidus, it's just it's just a it's just a metaphor. It's just dibater kolashim bnei adam. We're bar. We're, we're we're just saying that we're we're borrowing the terminology of speech, but it's not literally that God talks. It's not literally, and it's just Hashem, so to speak, poof, magic, everything comes into existence every moment. The Baal Shem Tov said, no, Hashem's speech means His contracted light, known also as the Shechin Ezmemali Kol Almin, which goes through millions of contractions until it mamish becomes, that every created thing has a divine speech, and the words that, and the Baal Shem Tov is, in Tehillim, it's taking the example of the firmament, that the words themselves that Hashem said, Yehirakia, that there should be a sky, there should be a firmament, these words and letters stand firmly within the firmament of heaven and are forever clothed within all the heavens to give them life. Now I want you to look carefully at this sentence we just read because there's a the most important word that the Baal Shem Tov is using over here, the, the Alter Rebbe is quoting from the Baal Shem Tov, there's a very important word that we have to look at over here, which really is giving over what the Baal Shem Tov is saying more than the sages. And that is, what is the Baal Shem Tov saying? That these words and letters stand firmly in the heaven and are forever clothed within all the heavens. Milubash. That's the words they're saying, umulubash, muluboshes betoich. They're clothed within the sky. What does that mean that they're clothed within the sky? It means that the words becomes literally the sky. That's what the Baal Shem Tov is saying more than what the sages are telling us. That the light of God 
that becomes the divine speech, meaning the contracted light that brings about every particular created thing, that divine light is enclosed within the world. So you're, we're already starting to learn that the divine speech, on one hand, means it's a revelation of God's light. And what happens to this divine speech? It becomes enclosed within the world. So what is the world? The divine speech. That in a sentence is Yehuda Tata. The world is the divine speech, is the contracted ray of light that is enclosed within the world. As it is written, let's read further, the word of our God shall stand firm forever. Where do we see this idea that when God talks, it's always, it never stops. So the, so the Alter Rebbe brings two psukim. Dvar elekeinu yokum la'olam. Dvar elekeinu yokum la'olam. The word, the, his word, the word of our God shall stand firm forever. And udvar of chayim v'kayamim la'ad. These are from the Siddur. And his words live and stand firm forever. And the Alter Rebbe continues. For if the letters... In other words, what we're learning now, let's, let's just, if the letters were to depart, even for an instant, God forbid, if the letters, the oisius, the letters of the divine speech, if they were to depart, even for an instant, God forbid, and return to their source, all the heavens would become naught and absolute nothingness, and it would be as though they had never existed as all, at all, exactly as before the utterance, let there be a firmament. So, in other words, what uh, we know the Aleph base. The Aleph base, the 22 letters of the Aleph base, really 27 if you include the Sofit, the uh, end letters. The 22 letters of the Aleph base, the 27 letters of the Aleph base, we're now learning a, are a whole new thing. They're channels of divine light. The 22 letters of the Aleph base are 22 different ways that God's light manifests. The 22 letters of the Aleph base are the closest we have to there being a picture to the divine. Obviously, God doesn't have any form. He doesn't have any picture. But the 22 letters of the Aleph base are the ways that His light contracts to become reality. <laughs> and that's why we know that Lashon Kodesh, right? I'm sure you've, you're all familiar with this idea. That's why Hebrew is called Lashon Kodesh, the Holy Tongue. What does it mean it's the holy tongue? What about what does it what does Hebrew mean it's the holy tongue? It means that it's not just random words that, you know, derive from the Latin or whatever, or that people just decided and agreed that we're gonna call this that, and you know, all the other languages are just people, you know, deciding what to, different words to make up. But Lushan Kaidish means literally the language with which abracadabra, with which God created reality. And the 22 letters are 22 forms of how God's light manifests. And so when God says, "Let there, what, what is the sky? The Baal Shem Tev isn't just saying that God is continuously creating heaven and earth. He's saying what heaven and earth are. What is the sky? It's that God is now, this moment and this moment and this moment, God is saying, Yehir Akiah. And that's the idea that it's that the words are enclosed within. Enclosed within means that it's unified. Remember, we spoke about the idea of 
of with of that the Gemara says that God fills the world like a soul fills a body. Right, but and we're saying that, but we said that even deeper than that, it's not just like the soul fills the body. That's nigla, that's the gemara. But the soul and the body are still two separate things. But it comes to Pnimia Satar, We're learning that what is the sky? What the Balshemtiv said? What is the sky? It's the words of God, the contracted light of God, that becomes enclosed within. That's the. That's the hadgasha, that's the, the stress that he's stressing, that the words are enclosed within. That it becomes mamish the sky. And says the Alter Rebbe further, and so it is with all created things. In other words, even though the Pasuk in Tehillim that we're learning in Tehillim 119 is just talking about the sky, Forever, O God, your word stands firm in the heavens. Right? So the Pasuk in Tillam is just talking about the sky. It's just talk, that's what the Pasuk is talking about. But the Baal Shem Tev explained, it doesn't just mean obviously the sky. So it is with all created things. With every ant, every snowflake, in all the upper and lower worlds, and even this physical earth, even this physical earth, which is the kingdom of the silent, meaning that has even inanimate objects. Even inanimate objects, like rocks, which look like they're dead. They don't look like they have any vitality to them, because they're, they're not alive. But what are they? what is a rock? Is Hashem's light bringing it about now? Hashem's speaking it into existence right this moment. All created, and so it is with all created things in all the upper and lower worlds, even this physical earth, even the earth, even the earth is Hashem's light coming down right now and enclosing itself in the inanimate objects and manifesting as inanimate objects that you see. If the letters of the ten utterances, let's read further, if the letters of the ten utterances by which the earth was created during the six days of creation were to depart from it, but for an instant, God forbid, if the divine speech were to depart from created reality, even for an instant, it would revert to naught and absolute nothingness, exactly as before the six days of creation. If Hashem were to stop speaking, in other words, you know, people ask, if God wanted, God forbid, if God wanted to destroy the world, what would He have to do? He would just have to stop talking. If he wanted the world to be zapped out of existence, he would just have to stop bringing it into existence every moment. If God were to stop for a moment, then and, and the godly light, the godly words that are enclosed in every created thing were to depart even for a moment, everything would just revort, go, go zap out of non-existence. Everything would just stop existing. So literally what, what, what the Baal Shem Tev is teaching us is that what is continuous creation based, what is, what is continuous? When the sages say that God is continuously creating the world, it's, it's dafka. Why does Hashem have to continuously create the world? Because the world is His speech. And Hashem has to be continuously speaking it into existence. Hashem has to be continually emanating His light to bring the world into existence. Now, I just want to point out something very interesting over here. So, if this is true, what the Baal Shem Tev is teaching, that, by the way, is there any questions until this point? Any questions? 
Okay, so let's just point something out. So the Baal Shem Tev is understanding that the Pasuk in Tehillim, Lo'olam Hashem Dvarcha Nitzav B'Shamayim, forever, O God, your word stands firm in the heavens, doesn't just mean heavens. It doesn't just mean the heavens, right? It means all created things in heaven and earth. Everything that exists in heaven and earth is Elokus, is this divine light, all things. So why does the Pasuk say Shamayim? Why does the Pasuk say Shemaim? It's The Pasuk is saying Shemaim, which is mashma that the Pasuk has to tell you that Hashem, your word stands firm in the heavens. But if it's everything that exists in reality, why does it just say the heavens? Must be, there's a reason you would think that the heavens don't need God's light. The Pasuk is sort of stressing even the heavens. Even the heavens God has to be bringing into existence every moment. Meaning that you would think there's something about the heavens that doesn't need God to be bringing into existence every moment. But then, if you look at what we just read now, the Altarbis seems to be saying the opposite. He says, And even so with all the created things and all the upper and lower worlds, it's not just the heavens, it's all upper and created worlds, all created things, and even this physical earth, which is the kingdom of the inanimate, which sort of seems to say that you might think that maybe God's light is in everything, but not this physical earth. You need the Alter Rebbe to stress. He stresses and he says, and even this physical earth, Hashem's light is continuously enclosed and bring into existence every moment. So there seems to be two opposite things over here. The Pasuk is stressing that it's Bashamayim. The Pasuk is stressing that it's in heaven. And the Alter Rebbe is stressing, and even the physical earth. So the truth is, as the Lubavitch Rebbe explains, because there's a svara, there's a reason to think that God, in both, both sides of the coin. Does everyone understand what I'm asking over here? Yeah? So there's a reason to think both sides of the coin. On one hand, you might think that Bashamayim, that the heavens don't need continuously to be brought into existence. <clears throat> Why? Because the heavens are greater, you might think that up above in the wild blue yonder, in the heavens up above, maybe in the sky, in the, in the, in the himmel, by the angels, those are very, you know, ruchnius, those are spiritual beings, those are spiritual territories. They could exist by themselves. So you need the Pasuk to tell you, no, there's nothing other than God even the physic, even the spiritual realms have no self-existence without God bringing it into existence every moment. Even the great spiritual realms, even the supernal, transcendent spiritual realms, they can't exist unless God is bringing them to existence every single moment. And But on the other hand, you might say, okay, but what about mud? What about rocks? What about a bathroom? What about the most lowly, inanimate things? Are they godliness? Says the Alter Rebbe, yeah, even, even the inanimate. Afilu doimen. Even the physical earth. Even the lowly earth. Meaning that God's light is has to be bringing both spiritual worlds and the physical world. God's light, people think that God is spiritual. God is beyond spiritual. Spiritual is also cre- being created every moment. If somebody's just looking for spirituality, that's not the same as looking for God. 
God is beyond the spiritual just like he's beyond the physical and therefore he needs to be bringing both into existence and therefore you have to understand that it doesn't matter that there's spirituality and physicality are both equally being brought God's light being manifest right now. And so the Pasuk tells you that it's Bashamayim, that it's the heavens. And the Alter Rebbe then stresses and says, and it's not just the heavens, even the physical earth, even Doimim, even inanimate matter, is also just Hashem's light bringing into existence every moment. Does everyone understand what I'm saying? These two opposite sides of this, two opposite stresses over here. Because what you're being told essentially is that Hashem is beyond any spiritual or physical, and therefore all spiritual and physical, what are they? They're Hashem's speech. They're Hashem's bringing it into existence every moment. And let's just read the last sentence of the paragraph again. And if the letters of the ten utterances by which the earth was created during the six days of creation were to depart from it but for an instant, God forbid, it would revert to naught and absolute nothingness exactly as before the six days of creation. And by the way, and he says, just like before the six days of creation, meaning even time is a creation. I don't know if you, if you, if you notice what he's saying, that everything would revert back to nothingness just like before the six days of creation, <clears throat> meaning that time would also revert back to nothingness. There wouldn't be time anymore either. Time is part of created reality. It's part of the prism of created reality. So if God would stop speaking reality into existence, it would be just like before 5,781 years ago. There wouldn't be time. Time is also part of the creation. So we're learning now is from the Baal Shem Tov as we begin this, this idea. And, and we're going to... This is Mamash the Yisoy, that the Baal Shem Tov taught. What is Yehuda Tata? What's the beginning of understanding God's unity? Understanding that everything is the divine speech which is enclosed within, enclosed within, not just that God is abracadabra, poof, bringing things into existence, but that God is shining His light, contracting His light, that every blade of grass and every leaf on a tree and every ant and certainly every one of us, each and every one of us, and certainly all the things happening in the world is God speaking it into existence now. God contracting His light and enclosing it within the world now and bringing it to reality now. So therefore, if you want to see the Shekhinah, you just look at, what, at, at anything. And you know that that's God bringing into existence, Mamash, now. Any questions, comments, or witticisms before we finish for today? Yeah, yeah, you should. So I, I think you've answered this one before. I'm sure I've heard you answer this. But what, what the Balshepto was saying was that a chiddush, or is that something that was just not being communicated, or people not understanding previously? So the, this, so so this idea of the Balshepto is you could find a hint to it in the Shla. Um, so it's certainly like the Balshepto revealed it to everyone. There were always tzaddikim that knew the truth of Pnimi Satara. It's like the same thing if you would say, like, you know, did Moshe Rabbeinu know Megillah Esther? Did Moshe Rabbeinu know Baba Metziah? So that, that always, you know, that gets into the whole thing of the idea that Torah is essentially above time. And when within history something is revealed, it doesn't mean that 
nobody before that revealed knew it. It's just the, that's the person that's drawing it down, that's bringing it into the world. So this idea, the Baal Shem Tev, that the Word of God, that the light of God is enclosed within, not just that God and the world is two separate things and God is continuous, the continuous creation, but that His, his speech, meaning His contracted light, mamish, becomes reality. So we say it's the Chiddush of the Baal Shem Tev, but it's not. I mean, the Baal Shem Tev is the one that revealed it into the world, but you could find an idea like this already in the Shla. But it's certainly the Baal Shem Tev is the one you know, the Friedrich Rebbe, the previous Lubavitch Rebbe, he said that Uperish Abal Shemtev, the word Perish means Fanandashpreit, he spread it. You could, the word Perish also means that he spread it. He's the one that spread it to the masses. But certainly this idea was not well known before the Baal Shemtev revealed it. We know the secrets of Torah as the generations went on were revealed more and more. Anyone else? But does everyone chop what I'm saying? This I'm stressing over the idea that it's enclosed within. Enclosed within means it becomes what it is. Yeah? One more question, quick question. Yeah, go ahead. Um, the, the, the terminology of the speech, it's, it's clearly meant to be a speech, but then it moves over to light. It's like a, it's a kind of a metaphor for light. Why don't we just stick with light? And it seems like the, the tiny uses light in other places. He does. I mean, the Bible uses the metaphor of speech. The Bible, right? It's in Beratius. The Torah says right. that, that uses that metaphor right, of, right, of speech. Right. So what Hasidus, what the Baal Shem Dev is doing is, is explaining what does the Torah mean? What's the panemius? It's You could understand, like I said, you could understand that when the Torah uses, says divine speech, it's just a borrowed terminology. You know, I always like to point out, again, the, the shear is officially over for anyone that has to go, but, I, but I, I want to take the time to answer this. You know, um, throughout, one of the most beautiful ideas of Chassidus and Kabbalah is that without Chassidus and Kabbalah, all the things it says about God are just anthropomorphisms, are just borrowed terminology, right? Like when you speak about man was created in the image of God. So the Ramam says it means intellect, or it's just dibrater kolashim adam. Chassidus and Kabbalah is all about saying, no, these metaphors literally mean something. They, they literally mean, it's not just a borrowed terminology just being poetic. When the Torah speaks about divine speech, it means there's a reason it's using that metaphor of divine speech. And what is that divine speech? Godly light, meaning revelation, that's tailor-made, that God tailor-makes every created being that exists has its own light that's bringing it into existence and becomes that particular thing. So every flower has its own divine light. That's what it means, the divine speech. Yeah? Anyone else? Well, yes, okay. Stephen. This might be off topic, might not. I don't know, I'll find out. Um, so, I mean... I could see it from a physical sense that something could be harmful to us, right? Uh, you eat something that's rotten, you could get sick. And then you said physicality is like spirituality, so there could be things spiritually harmful to us that if we eat something, let's say, that we're not supposed to, it could be, on our spirit, harmful. If it's all, you know, the speech or the light, what is it that makes it harmful? That's a very good question. That's a great question. So what we're going to learn, now as you're asking, if everything is the divine speech, 
I mean, why are things harmful or why are things evil? I guess why, I can understand why we need it, but what is it that makes it harmful? Because... Like, so beauty also. Uh, like so, so what, 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 it, it's we're not learning that, that, that there's no such thing as evil and there's no such thing as things that are bad. God's light is manifesting as that as well. We believe in the unity of God, meaning literally God is in darkness as much as he's in light. Now, we're going to learn in later chapters is that's the process called tzimtzum. That's the process of the contraction of tzimtzum that God conceals his light. And God's light and God's God's even though everything is nothing other than God's light, but that becomes completely concealed. We don't see that unless we meditate. And that con- th- that contraction of God's light could bring about eventually evil. There's enough we're going to speak about. Actually, maybe we'll start with this uh, uh, on, on Monday, if I remember. But God's light is enclosed in vessels, in garments, and even in shells, clepis, clepis, shells. Which means that God's light is mamish becoming so concealed to the extent that it could even bring th- about things that are impure, things that are evil, things that are rotten, etc. So we're not taking away the distinction of the multiplicity of reality, we're just explaining where it comes from. It comes from the divine speech. It comes from the multiplicity of words that God is saying. And we'll continue learning about it, Mitzvah Shem. We'll, we'll continue learning in further chapters. Okay, everyone.